Welcome to this week's uh, William and Bloom. Not a Sunday night podcast. We're recording this midday on Monday. Appreciate you guys stopping by. I'll bring in Brent Bloom in a moment as the uh, snowstorm from hell is fast approaching. Uh, I want to thank our uh, presenting sponsor, Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation, enabling discovery. What is Mechdyne, you ask? It's a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. More importantly, a couple of Iowa State graduates years ago, engineering guys, created this, uh, at the time, a little company uh, located in Marshalltown, Iowa, and now it is worldwide. And they are great supporters of everything we do here at Cyclone Fanatic, CycloneFanatic.com, and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I would encourage you to go to MacDyne.com and check out their careers page and uh, check out their job listings, benefits, all that great stuff. They're always, it doesn't matter. You, you could be a college student who's wanting to get a start in IT. You could be a marketing professional. You could be an engineering professional yourself. Go to MacDyne.com, see what they have to offer. Uh, I know these people. These are great people. Uh, I would encourage any of my friends to apply for a job at MechDyne. They are the proud uh, supporters of the Cyclone Fanatic Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. So I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. You can check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Uh, I, I would encourage you to click on the membership tab where uh, you can find out all the different options that are available. Everything is small as a mailbox membership. membership. You get a day pass. You can have your own, gosh darn, private office at the uh, Gravitate Coworking Midtown, downtown. They're also opening the first that we know of uh, rural co-working space in the city of Jefferson. I'm a big Jefferson fan. I'd love to go up there to the Wild Rose Casino uh, up there in Jefferson. They're great sponsors of what we do here at Cyclone Fanatics. So I've been to Jefferson a lot. Great community. Go to gravitatecoworking.com today. We'll bring in Brent Bloom. Uh, we are... Um, uh, Bloom, I've been a little bit under the weather. I'm fine. Don't worry, people. I don't have COVID for a second time or anything like that. You would be the one to get COVID a second time. <laughs> I would be. There's, I, I can't even deny that. Um, my, I, we had the week from hell last week here at our house. Elise was sick. Uh, she got sick on Sunday. It was just a cold. Like hers was not a big deal, but just when a, you know, 18 month old has a cold, it's, it's brutal. I wouldn't sleep. Couldn't, you know, yep. her nose. And then Cameron got uh, got a little stomach deal. And my my daughter's um, her her stomach bloom. It's like an old uh, Cliff Kingsbury defense. Once <laughs> once the dam breaks, it's over. It's done. Yeah. So she Long had a week. stomach deal that she missed like four days of school last week. And it what like she could have gone back, but like you're just so. Everybody's so on pins and needles right now. Like I was, Definitely. I didn't want to be the dad that sent my kid before she's a hundred percent. So we just kept her home, and so I've been trying to navigate all that. And then I got it. Um, what Cammy had, and I'm fine. I, I totally feel fine now. But I just, I, I needed about another another twelve hours before I could look you in the eye and do a do a good podcast here. But how, how's the uh, Bloom House? Uh, we're recording this at around noon, so the pending snowstorm. Is on the way. A lot of folks, Bloom, will be listening to this while they are shoveling their driveways. Yeah, good luck. I what a deal. I mean, just like twenty twenty one is not off to a, a flying start here. <laughs> you get what? Jeez. You get fourteen inches. No, no thanks. Yeah. When when Brett McIntyre, 
our buddy, Channel 13, is tweeting Twister-like references in regards to this storm. You know it's not going to be a good one. McIntyre, the thing, too, is, like, one of his great pet peeves is overblowing, like, what's going to happen with the weather. So yes. you're right. Like, when he does it, you know we're going to get hammered. You, you brace, for the, brace for the big one. We're ready. I don't know, man. It just uh, added to the list. So, but, yeah, we're just trying to survive one day at a time here at the Bloom House. Yeah. Uh, that that's good. So your kids are home from daycare. And they are today. they are home from daycare, okay. and so yeah. They're if you hear a bunch of nonsense from upstairs, okay. that's what's going on. I'm I'm alone right now, but uh, the wife is working, and then Cameron gets out of school at twelve thirty today. So it it will not be quiet here at the Williams household for very. Much I might. Longer. What do I have to pay for the uh, the Williams snow blowing service? You don't have to pay anything, my friend. Um, I got that the big dog from Uncle Dick's garage. <laughs> I, I told I told this story on the radio show. Um, so my uncle Dick recently we talked about this because I've done some pods from Clorinda when I was down yep. there cleaning out his house. Yep. And there was just this massive snowblower. It's like the size of my truck that was sitting in his garage, and the some bitch I don't think ever used it. I think he went in <laughs> and I think my uncle Dick was like the type where he he didn't have kids. He, I think he went into like John Deere and was like, "Oh, I need the biggest and best thing you got." And I don't think he ever used it. Like I, there was some oil in it. Like I did all that, but like wow. it was just sitting there. And I'm like, "Well, I guess I'll take this." Like I don't, I didn't really need a snowblower, but this is one of those like multi-stage ones. So like I, and the the damn thing like is a monster. So yeah, if you need if you need help, I'll throw it in the truck and bring it over. We, I've we, got we you can, on standby. Yeah, we could knock your house out pretty quickly. My, my little snow thrower is what they call it. It's not going to do the job. I'm afraid. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this while you're uh, cleaning up the neighborhood. And uh, just another full disclosure: since we're recording this at noon Monday with the basketball game at eight o'clock, we're going to stay away from the. X's and O's type of basketball conversation today just because it we don't want to date this thing. I think a lot of people will be listening to this on Tuesday. Um, yeah, so I, I just I don't see a lot of point in talking men's basketball plus I mean O and five. Let's see something. Uh, we're gonna get to the well, I mean we're not we're not avoiding the conversation is is what I'm pointing out. It just doesn't make a lot of sense here. Well, and I don't I mean it's tough to even talk about the game tonight. Uh, even at noon, and I, I, even if you listen to this in retrospect, it's going to be a fascinating game because you don't even know who's going to play for Iowa State. And you don't even know who's going to play for Oklahoma State. And this is the situation now you're in. I mean, Kate Cunningham, I don't even know who's going to play tonight. I guess this will sound interesting looking back at it. But this is the era of COVID where game to game, hour to hour, you don't even know who's going to be suiting up for your team, let alone the other team. It was, Chris, it was funny. Uh, back in November, the Iowa State women played – their first game and I was doing TV and you, we heard some murmurs that Omaha was the first game was going to have some players out, but they didn't have to tell Iowa state. And so Iowa state didn't know, but what Omaha did that tipped the trigger was they ordered their post game meal and they neglected to put five players on the post game meal roster, which was an indicator to Iowa state to help facilitate the meal that those five players would be out. Um, but wow. then so they didn't tell Iowa State the staff. I mean, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And so this is the, I mean, it's crazy. It's a crazy time. And it, you know, obviously, we're, I think the vaccines will help here 
eventually, but not with these college athletes before March Madness. And so this has been an as uncertain of time in regards to college sports as we've really had since the games have restarted. I wish that they'd just delay the tournament at least a couple of weeks. Like to me, um, it just seems like such a shell of a season. And we we knew that this was going to happen. Yeah, the problem is, though, you know, is there any guarantee that things will be better in April or May? I mean, at what point do you okay? Get it over with. Yeah, I mean, you're just kind of, I think you just really got to churn through this. And it's going to be a strange March Madness. I think they can hopefully pull it off, although I have some concerns of what do you do if a team has an outbreak during the middle of the tournament? Like what if it's a Sweet 16 team? Yeah, does the whole tournament just go on hold for 10 days? I don't know. I mean, they have, and, and I think they're going to have them there in Indianapolis long enough to, you know, test them multiple times before they actually play a game. But I don't know what you do. I don't know what the protocol is because you have to have these games. You can't push them. You can't hold them there for Indianapolis in another two weeks. That's so. my question, though, Brent. Like, for in order for a real bubble and like to work, they have to quarantine before they go. So, like, I mean, how are we going to do the conference tournament thing like normal? I don't know. I don't know. It's in the, but yet the conferences need the money too to for for TV windows and et cetera. So it's going to be a, a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Which you know, Iowa State's obviously not going to be involved in the men's side in the tournament, but more than likely on the women's side. We'll we'll see how this impacts things. I think though, just from a broader perspective, it just illustrates the success and the timing and why I believe that these leadership, the leadership in the big 12 and these other conferences deserve some kudos for going with the fall season in football, because there was a lot of thought when that happened, look, I'll just delay it to spring. Things will be better off. Let's start the football season in February and we'll be okay. And we're worse off now from a numbers perspective across the country than we were in August. And it's not even close. So I mean, I think you, nobody likes to give credit when these things, when the right decision yeah, was, is made. I truly like believe yeah. that the right decision was made to uh, to start the fall season when they did. Yeah, no, I agree. And, like, the, the college football season, to me, it wasn't perfect. I mean, we lost a bunch of bowl games, but it's like, whatever. Those are glorified exhibitions anyways. The... Um, it felt like a real season, though. Like, the, the majority of the teams got all their games in at some point other than the big 10 but you know i'd point out like that they're the way that they had that thing set up them in the pac-12 was not realistic we we said this in freaking june yes like that like there had to be certain types of protocols like that were realistic you can't have stricter protocols than the cdc and that's the route that they went and they ended up you know paying for it as far as missing a ton of games, but at least with the big 12, like I felt like it was a real year Uh, for the most part, it was super weird, but I felt like there was some legitimacy to it. And that's where I'm kind of just getting to the point with college basketball. It's like, you know, especially the guys is a daily radio show last Wednesday. We, we always at at five o'clock, we do a segment called quick hits where we kind of look ahead at the night ahead of us in sports. And uh, it was like 17 of the 32 games have been canceled that night. Which, wow. Again, I get in, but uh, I, the point I was going to make was the football thing. I just don't think that a lot of those teams would have been anywhere near the strength. Cause I think that like, look at Ohio state, for instance, how many of those guys would have just not played 
Exactly. That's where I was going. Yeah. Is if, if you had the season now. So the thought was, it was like we either would play, we get through in the fall like they did, which I, it would end up being the right decision. Or let's say the Big Ten hadn't played yet. They're going to start in late January. Can you imagine a game in Iowa City this week? You know, potentially a foot of snow Actually, on the ground. I would love it. The, the like, I think it'd be great. But, but I get the right call was made. You're yeah. Correct. And then and then you wouldn't have, I mean, how many guys would opt out? There would be, there would be no, there'd be, there, there's enough opt outs during the fall. There'd be like no good players would even entertain trying to play this year as they await the, the NFL draft. So, well, you know, again, got a lot of pushback, but absolutely. I think the leadership in sports in general, just think how much success that has been had throughout this COVID process. The, the NBA bubble worked great. The NHL bubble worked great. MLB figured out a way somehow. They were the first to really navigate COVID, and they did a nice job. Here's a, uh, two things. Did you know that Northern Iowa starts their season February 19th? In football? Yeah. No idea. Yeah. They play uh, the Jackrabbits. Uh, they, they play weekly uh, starting the Friday nights and Saturdays is looks like what the Valley's doing. And then, and the, then it, the FCS playoffs start on April twenty fourth. That'll be good wow. for gambling. I was gonna say, yeah, for the for the gamblers, they appreciate some football in April. I would but. guess that a lot of those games get picked up, though, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there'll be some. I mean, what else is going on? Well, you have some NBA stuff, some NHL stuff. Baseball will get, be getting going, but yeah, you'll you'll definitely catch some uh, national TV for those FCS games. Here's what pisses me off about the whole conversation, though. And again, we're kind of regurgitating a lot of what we talked about in the in the summer. Is when people break. Oh, it's all about the money. Uh, kind of like Kim Mulkey did. Well, no crap. Like uh, yes. we we kind of covered this. Uh, like maybe it was last week, but like people have to make a living. And like it, a lot, it, it, a lot of the sports writers, you pointed this out very early on, are so woke in this matter that they like, no crap, it is about the money. And you know what? Like, you wouldn't have a job if they weren't playing. And like, it's just like it, it's tiresome. Of course, it's about money, but in the same token, most of these players want to be out there. They, do you think that, um, you know, the Michigan basketball team that you were telling me I had to shut down today. Do you think that those guys would rather just be sitting around in their dorm rooms, you know, not going to club because, you know, everything's virtual. They want to be playing basketball. This isn't some deal where the NCAA and these institutions are putting a gun to these kids' head. Like, they're they're given a year of eligibility if they don't want to play. Like, to me, this is actually pro player. Like, the fact that they get the opportunities but there's so much of a narrative out there though it's all about the money well yeah people like we have to keep this boat it's just like any business if you're a restaurant right now and you're not heavy into the carryout then you're probably yeah. gone under at this point the, of, of course it's about the money yeah i mean ultimately you don't exist without it the NCAA announced today chris that last year it lost $600 million was to end up being the fi- final tally. About half of the NCAA's revenue was not there because of the lack of the NCAA tournament. So there will be an NCAA tournament is the, the long story short here. And even Iowa State, I mean, from all I understand, the basketball team's been kind of miserable the last two weeks. They haven't been able to play. I mean, at the end of the day, they're basketball players. They want to play, whether, you know, the COVID thing withstanding. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad for them. They're able to play now. Like that's a long. You're having a bad year. At least you want to get out there and, you know, get the frustration out. Not just shoot baskets at the Sukup facility. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about that. All right, we'll transition. Uh, but no, great point. Uh, for the most part, it it really has worked out well. Uh, other than the the young man at Florida, I can't think of a neg of a really serious illness to come out of anything. Uh, the 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 one football player. Uh, the FCS player or something like yes. that early on in yep. his progress. But. but I think, and again, though, and this is the some of the administration people at the upper level, not just at Iowa State, but everywhere, they get frustrated because they make a right decision and, and they'll not, they won't get credit for it. You know, it's not like uh, there's a bunch of think pieces about how the Big 12 and the SEC got it right. Um, but you sure as heck saw it back in August that, that you know, they're potentially causing permanent damage and there's going to be a lot of players that die and all this stuff and none of that happened so it's nice to point out that you know even even with all the negative stuff that a lot of good came out of the fall and also kudos to the nfl for not missing a single game and getting to the super bowl which again when you come back to the mental health not just for the the players playing but i think for all of us watching no doubt um it was it's been huge no doubt and um i kind of tweeted that last night before the games started that, and I, I knew that I knew the reaction that um, part of Twitter would give me, but I was like, you know, COVID or sports wise, one of the, like I said, I'm very grateful to have these games, but it really sucks to have Lambeau and Arrowhead, you know, like half full, half, like how, how sure. cool would that have been? And of course, you know, I got hammered because people, oh, lucky to even have games. I, I know I just acknowledged that in the tweet <laughs> But it really has been like I I'm I am so sick and I realize this especially over the last week and my daughter Cameron's so sweet she was crying last week because I wouldn't let her go to school Aww. and she she doesn't understand what homesick means but she she said to me last night I told her I was having a sentimental moment and I said sweetie I really have enjoyed spending time with you over the last week because we have spent a lot of time together and she goes. I know, Daddy, but I'm so homesick. <laughs> like she did not. She thought she, that homesick means homesick like was yeah. sick of being yeah. at home. But like yeah. God, like I, I would have lost my damn mind the last two weekends without the NFL. Yeah, it's been great. It really has been. And I mean, it just there's there's something to it, and and we referenced it right from the start, which is hard to believe that you know the coronavirus really got started about a year ago in yeah. Wuhan and, and we're still, we're still fighting this thing, but the the g- good job that these leagues did to at least have this distraction, which I think is the power of sports in general. And um, you know, the NFL season has been fun. It really has. Those are very entertaining games yesterday. And we would be just at our wits end if there were not sports on TV. I'm glad that we've had that distraction. Even the NBA, like I'm, I'm watching more. I, Tyrese has a lot to do. All, all the Iowa State guys, but I I watch. And I, I don't sit and watch like full games, but I always have an NBA guy on in the background yeah. these days. So I I tweeted this last night. Um, did you know that Tyreek Hill, his second career touchdown yeah. at Oklahoma State, was a ninety-seven yard kick return against Paul Rhodes and Iowa State in twenty fourteen? <sighs> but that was not the lead of that game. The lead of that game after the fact was Jamie Pollard getting fined $25,000 Yes, because he, he went after the the Big 12 officials. There was a goal line stand that Iowa State had before the half. Hold so on. I was down and still, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was games tied at six. Iowa State's battling a ranked Oklahoma State team. A guy scores, Randall, the, run, the running back for Oklahoma State scores. I think it was Randall. And uh, 
it was the wrong call. They it it, it could stand stood up for your replay, and Iowa State kind of lost momentum from there. End up losing thirty seven to twenty. Hill takes the opening second half kickoff back for a touchdown. But that in the post game, Jamie Pollard with an epic rant an epic rant about the Big 12 officiating, basically saying we've had enough apology letters. We're tired of it. We're not going to stand for it anymore. And he got uh, $25,000 less in the pocket for and, that. And then we raised a bunch of money at Cyclone Fanatic after that deal because uh, – yeah. It uh, takes great pride here, in how here, – Here we go, Bloom. We're going to listen to it right now, okay? We conduct our business. And those of you that know me personally know that I work really hard to make sure – my staff and I adhere to that. That being said, we've been on the short end of several controversial calls. And it's hard to sit idle and watch ESPN, Fox, other announcers, not debate, but to feel sorry for Iowa State because maybe there'll be another apology for a call. Coach Rhodes and I have tried to deal with that internally and have tried to do it the right way. Yes. (laughs) But it's no longer fair to put our student athletes, our coaching staff, and our fans in that position. Coach Rhodes and I, a year and a half ago, raised an issue and we were the lone vote. And ever since that time, we've been on the short end of the stick. I don't know how things change, but it's frustrating and it's not fair. It's not fair to our, again, to our players. It puts them in the position that I know a couple of them did some things during halftime that are inappropriate. Um, I don't fault them. I don't fault them. They're frustrated and they're frustrated with a lack of action. So we'll continue to work internally through the appropriate channels. But I felt it was appropriate to stand up here right now and stand behind our team, stand behind our coaching staff. And I recognize that the Big 12 does not allow comments to be made on officiating. And I recognize there's penalties for that. But folks, our institution's been penalized already. I can think of three situations where the fine has been pretty great because we lost games as a result of calls that either we were apologized for or the media certainly felt we should have been apologized to. We can't get that back. That ends careers for football coaches, ADs, and presidents. And so something's got to be done. I don't know what it is, but there needs to be more accountability on what happens in certain situations. Thank you. What's your next step? The, so it cuts awesome. off, but then Rhodes comes in and goes, I bet y'all wish you had a boss like that. <laughs> So and, I and believe it's interesting. in the power of education. Oh, sorry, there you go. The YouTube is moving over. That was from Cyclones.tv YouTube, by the way. It, it strikes me a couple of things how how one Jamie Pollard's awesome because he will always fight for you, no matter the circumstances. And at that point, Iowa State really felt like they were getting hosed by the Big 12. So yes. the three calls he's referencing, there's that one, which was a really bad call, and then they stood it up via replay and it was unfortunate. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not that bad. There was the uh, uh, locket catch for K-State 
earlier in uh, the, I think it was the 2014 season that Iowa State got an apology letter for that should not have been a catch. There was the uh, Jeremiah George text. Jeremiah George thing. Yep. And then from the basketball front earlier that the, the year prior was that charge that Niang took um, against yeah, Kansas. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, by the way, in that, so there was punishment issued for that circumstance. Those officials that worked that game, two of them in particular, did not work the Big 12 tournament that year as punishment for that. They never released that, but those guys didn't. Now, they eventually were welcomed back to the Big 12 the next year. However, at that point in 2014, you really felt like it was Iowa State against the world uh, as far as officiating. So that's one thing. But also it struck me how far Iowa State has grown now where yeah, yeah. you don't talk about officials as much no. on the football field because you you, you haven't needed no. to, and I think that they, shows they, the they, growth of a program. They still stink, let's be honest. <laughs> you would say that. Just, but it just, it just says, like, even when Matt was going nuts about uh, the officials in the Big 12, that was not a storyline after the game. It no. was the game itself, and I think that shows growth in a program. I uh, The one thing, I looking back on that now about Pollard there, uh, I, here's my – just overall view of that to me, that was more of a leadership, like a morale boost within the athletic department and the fan base than it was a um, whining about the officials. Like to me, that was Jamie saying, I'm going to swallow 25,000 here to show my constituents, if you will, that I have their back, that I'm not just going to sit back and take it and that we're going to fight. That's how, I view that now. I don't think I really could have at the time understood that. But when I look at him doing that right now, I don't know. That It seemed like more of a leadership play to me than a political play with the Big 12. No doubt. And then you saw it again uh, this fall. Remember with the C.Y. Stevens thing? And yeah, yeah. Well, I, similar. I remember. Yeah, it, it was. It, it one is still get emails. He knows about it, that. right? <laughs> he knows it's going to get attention. Absolutely. But it's it's for those people within the Jacobson building and the rest of the athletic staff of I'm not going down without a fight here. I'm not just going to succumb to pressure because I'm going to be the good guy and let this happen to us. I'm going down swinging, um, whether it makes me look bad in the process nationally or in the media. But you're my people. I'm going to stand up for you and say what you want about Jamie Pollard. That's why he is, in my opinion, probably the greatest thing to happen to Iowa State athletics because he's not going to settle for, Oh, it's just, it's just little old Iowa state. We're going to go down swinging, even if it makes us look a little petty in the process, but, but it, you have to do that in order to make yourself relevant. And, you know, if you look at Iowa state's growth, you know, we talked about the relay from McCarney to Chiswick to Rhodes to Campbell, obviously huge and Campbell has been, right there with Jamie is the most important part here, but it's Jamie's consistency and continuity within that athletic department that also has deserves a lot of credit for Iowa State's success here lately on the football field. It is, it is interesting. And one of the things that I've tried to study over the last like year is just leadership in general. I'm, I'm really becoming a disciple of like the Campbell way and everything. And which is great. I talked about Matt, like the influence he's had on me personally and stuff. And it, it's been really great. And like, so a couple of the books that I've been reading about, like you'll laugh at this, but uh, you know, about the, I've been <laughs> laughing at myself, but I've been studying a lot of these like native American tribes and stuff like that. And like great, like uh, native American, like war leaders and chiefs of the past. And like the stuff that they do um, 
that is oftentimes just in weeks. We see this in like American politics all the time. It's all a, um, uh, it, 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 it's a lot of just PR for, for your people. Like you'll yep. go out and do stuff that maybe you don't even a hundred percent believe what you're saying, but you're showing it to, to get a certain reaction out of the people under you within whatever organization that you're in. And that's where like when Campbell came in, you know, Matt, I know wanted to make a much bigger deal out of like the Alan Lazard holding thing at Kansas state that year. I'll never forget that game. I mean, to me, like Iowa state to me, that was one of the, maybe the most egregious of them all right there with the Jeremiah George thing, but we didn't hear like the yes. coach. He purposely came in with a point that we're never going to talk about this stuff. And to me, I don't know if I was to write a book about all this, like Pollard's part of that relay, just the leadership that I've been watching. Finally, I thought handled Saturday night phenomenally. You know, that you lose to Texas, you're coming off of the big win at Baylor. Finley comes out and turns that, hey, turn that into a positive. Like for a young team, because he knows that he's got a bunch of freshmen, Bill can't just go and annihilate them like he would have done a veteran team because that's how he presses buttons with that group. It's fun to watch. The, we have like we have a lot of great leaders here at Iowa State right now. It, it is fun to watch. Yeah, well said. I mean, Same with Dresser, too, last week, by the way. They lose that duel, and he comes out and says, yeah, you know what? Um, he knew half my roster is freshmen. I can't kill them. They come back, have a big win against Oklahoma. Sorry. No, no. You're, it's, it's fun to look back because you have history to, to look at. You know, what manipulating is the wrong word, but using the media oh, yeah. as, as a way to motivate your own people. Um, and that's the neat thing, I guess, about – Iowa state is because it's, you know, one of the lone dogs in the state, they get coverage and people pay attention, but you know, who else pays attention is your players and your staff members and everybody else. And so that can be kind of a bully pulpit on your own to use that. And, and I think Pollard and Fenley are some of the best at, you know, using that to your advantage. And then it, but yeah, Campbell's approach has been 180 degrees different than Paul Rhodes, as far as, you know, how did how to do that and it's it's just crazy to me the growth and mindset and change in mindset of you know in football we don't really focus on the missed calls as much anymore because there's a belief that it won't matter yeah that i would say it's good enough to to overcome it in the end and for the most part that's been the case all right i want to get to some um national football talk um i want to talk about the the tennessee job and uh bama hired a really interesting offensive coordinator and then uh, I want to talk about Latrell Bankston, too, because this is yeah. a really curious wow. thing that, that's been going on there with Iowa State's former defensive tackle. Uh, but before I do that, Bloom, uh, remember our friends from Van Veen Chocolates down in Pella? One of the great Cyclone Fanatic stories of all time. I'm going to have so Matt, cool. Matt Miller uh, come on at some point and talk about this. But we, uh, he, he wrote me an email, and I, I want to get his permission to read it, but it's just so cool what our listeners – did for this group. Uh, they were basically on the verge of not knowing if they were going to be able to stay open prior to the Christmas season because COVID and like downtown Pella, just like town squares everywhere has just been ravaged by COVID and um, Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, we, we turned um, our listeners and our readers basically turned that situation into one where they couldn't keep up with the business and they have one of their great quarters of all time. Awesome. And these are uh, just mom and pop chocolate store. By the way, the the candy's phenomenal. It is. 
It is so good. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't put that into work. Matt sent me about everything that he's got. Uh, had, and I, I've got, I got more samples over here, Bloom, for it. So next week you can come over and we can try them. Hey, when you, when you come bring the snowblower over, um, <laughs> you know, get the double dose. I actually have those too. You can see it here on the zoom. I have a letter for Everett that Cammy wrote too, while we were sick. <laughs> right. So I was going to give Perfect. you that. Yeah. Look forward to a love, that. A love letter. Um, <laughs> anyways, so the folks at Van Veen are back and they, they were the company that ran out of merchandise. <laughs> Remember at Christmas, we were like, yeah. Hey, uh, we gotta, we gotta stop promoting so one much. of these. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, we're back and we're encouraging uh, Valentine's gifts this time. And here's the good thing about it. They're these, these folks are phenomenal. I, I wish everybody could meet them. Uh, Matt and I have talked via email, but he's, he's a gym. He was on with Steph and Elisa and the title nine. He's going to be on with them again. Uh, we've got promo codes, um, Cyclones. And this is what's great about Matt. He's such a fan. If you use the promo code Cyclones, it'll get you 9% off uh, whatever for, for Will McDonald. Uh, for the, nine wins. For the Patreon members and the premium members, you're going to get a 15% off um, discount in honor of Brock Purdy. But we, I, I'm not going to give that code out because you've got to be a Patreon or a premium member. But uh, you, here's the deal. Uh, for for Enable to get these things delivered by Valentine's Day, we've got to get them in the mail. Uh, you got to have your order done by the 5th of February. But what, here's what I want to do. Challenging all you fanatics. to you, You're going to get your mom, grandma, wife, um, husband, kids, you're going to do something for Valentine's Day. Let's load it up. Let's support this Cyclone but small business, and let's make Q1 2021 as great as we did Q4 for 2020, and let's thank them for being great um, Cyclone fanatics. And uh, it honestly almost chokes me. This is my favorite part of my job. Like, it's not – it's not covering bowl games. It's not, it's being able to just meet these small business owners. And we've been able to, our, our users do such a great job of responding to these things, man. It just, it really brings joy to my heart. They've got a couple of uh, different rose boxes with Valentine themed chocolates. Uh, but again, um, place your, I would encourage you all to place your orders as soon as you can, because, uh, just helps them out. They're they're literally a two man shop there in downtown Pella. So promo code Cyclones. You go to vanveenchocolates.com and you can find everything there. My personal favorite is the toffee. I can't get enough of it. It's 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 unbelievable. I love their I love their toffee. I could eat that toffee for days. And then the the Dutch crunch. Apparently I like the crunchy stuff in the middle bloom. You're going to make me hungry. It's almost lunchtime. Let's go. Let's get after it. Yeah. Uh, and then after you eat your Van Veen chocolates, you can go and get yourself uh, in, in shape with our friends at Legacy Fitness in, <laughs> in Ankeny. That's why you work out, though, right? Like none of oh, us. Oh, no question. Like, I'm not here to look like a Greek god. but it, it, I, work, I run occasionally, one, so I can drink guilt-free. Yep. And uh, have some chocolates. Seriously. <laughs> Legacy. Like, I'm not, I know I'm not ending up on the magazine front, but if I can drink with a little less guilt, then, then I'm for it. Legacy Fitness is a legit badass gym. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to start working out there 
once my life settles down with kids, I'm going to start once I can go back to the office every day and do all that. Um, but it, it is a, I'm not kidding. It is a badass gym. They've got a, a sweet pool, the pool, uh, it's a lap pool, but it's got this beautiful view of Prairie trail and Ankeny. Of course, I've told Bloom about the golf simulator that they have. They've got all the weights. This is state of the art. Uh, my actually, one of my favorite parts of legacy fitness is the locker room. It's like a country club type theme lock. It looks like you're at like Augusta. It's really, uh, totally modern. And again, locally owned. Are you guys catching the theme of what we do here on the Williams of Bloom podcast? We design it this way for a reason. Uh, LegacyFitnessAnkeny.com. Call them. Tell them that I sent you. And uh, see what membership deals that they have going on. There's all sorts of amenities. You should check them out. Indoor track. Um, free child care and a free coffee bar. Grab a cup of coffee on your way out. And then you can go and get your haircut at Franklin Barbershop. God, I need this. I said this. I, I went uh, Thursday. Did you? Yeah. Ryan? Uh, it was Ryan. Yeah, did nice. a fine job. Yeah. No, you look good through the you look good through the Zoom. I mean, we're going to be in the Zoom thing for a while, and so you got to yeah, have the you, Zoom cut. You're, you're right. I, I need to get back, and I will. I was going to go last week, and then all hell broke loose in my household, but I haven't had my haircut in like over a month at this point. And it is an epic, epic disaster bloom. But what I will do is I'm just going to go to franklinbarbershop.com and I can just uh, set it up right there. The appointment's going to go straight to my phone. You can pick which barber you want. You don't have to pick a barber. They're all great. They all do great work. I prefer the haircut and the beard trim at the same time. Got to control this beast. I told you, um, and whenever I wasn't going to shave until after March madness, and I'm still, the, we're still going, we're still going to the, and when, when the time of, comes, Hogan will take care of you. Yeah. To the chagrin of everybody who's around me every day. Uh, the beard is still going, uh, go to franklinbarbershop.com. They are a good locally owned, uh, small business supporter of the Williams and Bloom podcast here on the Cyclone fanatic podcast network. We'll get to Tennessee and Bama here in, uh, in a minute, this Latrell Bankston thing's really curious to me. And to be honest, Bloom, I haven't made a lot of calls on this. I just, I kind of figured he was gone. What's the point? I, but it does seem to be a thing that Iowa State fans are interested in. So the young man uh, abruptly leaves Iowa State. He had this phenomenal, I, I thought the best two games of his career against Kansas State and Texas. Um, barely, yes. he, he played um, sparingly against West Virginia, like a snap or two. It wasn't right. Did not play a lot much. And then he only played like 10 snaps in the big 12 championship game announces. He's going to transfer before the bowl game. Yes. So he didn't even make the trip. He did not get the PlayStation five. <laughs> well, maybe he got the PlayStation five. I don't know. That's bad timing for Latrell. It, it's just weird. Like I, I didn't hear anything negative coming out. Like that. This kid was a problem or anything. Um, it's just very curious how this all timed out. So then after the fact, he commits to Louisiana. Yes, that Louisiana, which is just small world stuff. And then he decommits. And now he, where did he commit to over the weekend? I had it written. Houston. There. Houston, yeah. So now he's going to play for Dana Holgerson in Houston, which I'm a little surprised. I, I feel like uh, Latrell is definitely a Power 5 type player. I mean, that's a Power 5 type program. They have Power 5 players. Uh, but th- it's just very curious to me. And I, someday I hope to get the scoop on this. But th- this, is a, this is a weird one. 
Yeah, I mean, you can kind of connect the dots a little bit in regards to Iowa State, where he was a young man that came in with a lot of hype. He hyped himself up quite a bit. He was productive, but he clearly... I thought the, it, I thought he more than lived up to it. I think he did. Oh, he, he yeah. won the Texas game for Iowa State. Yeah. He really did. Like, he, I'm, I'm not... I mean, he deserves all sorts of credit for Iowa State season because without him, they definitely don't win nine games. They don't win that Texas game for sure. But I think he's probably a guy that anticipated with his accolades coming in and then his self-belief that he should be doing more than just, you know, 30 snaps a game or whatever he got in, in most games. And it was clear that with Isaiah Lee back, potentially with Awazarike back, and then some of the young guys in the system, that he was never going to be a 70-snap guy. And he just thought he should be probably. And so he, he decided to leave. Um, on his own accord, and then I, I don't know the, the the connection between Louisiana and then Houston, but I think Latrell's story is going to be pretty common here. If you're not getting the snaps you think, it's going to be very easy for you to, to depart. And so the timing was weird and the choice was weird, but um, I think it says something that I was still pretty deep that that position that Latrell probably realized he wasn't going to be you know, uh, an instant starter, even with the good season he had. Yeah, no, you're you're right. But I don't I, think it's anything more to it than that. He's not a bad guy. It's not like Iowa State did him wrong by any means. It's just that he wanted to to play more. But he would have. I don't know. Like it. It. Uh, yeah, I think he would have played a little more. But again, I don't think he beats out Isaiah Lee. I I think that highly of Lee in regards to what Lee can do against the run. And Bankston was really Bankston was more of a to- pass specialist. Yeah, so, I, but I think you could look at it that way. I, I don't know the inner workings of the young man's mind either. He's an eccentric guy, and uh, maybe he thought a change of scenery would be good for him. Yeah, you're you're right. It, it's a very just a weird thing, though. I, I, I kind of disagree with you, but I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on Lee. I think if you're going to pick an MVP at that spot like that you need, like Bankston does the more flashy thing. Lee's more of your Ray Lima type, but – it's a big loss. Like that's a, that is a big loss for next year. I, I, I yeah. I'd feel a lot better about that D line if Latrell Bankston was there, but I also know like the timing of it is still weird to me how like there, I just feel like there had to be something else that, that went on between that Texas game and West Virginia. Like it just didn't make a lot of sense. Like just how he was playing so well and so much and then bam, it just falls off and then he transfers. Yeah. Very strange. I don't know if we'll ever get the full scoop, but certainly the timing is is odd. And I hope for him he has success down there and makes the NFL because um, all good things for him. The good thing for Iowa State is, well, they don't have him. They're pretty excited about some of their young guys, including uh, J.R. Singleton in the, in the fold for next year. All right. Um, other things to get to today. Alabama, you knew that it was going to be a high-profile hire uh, for the offensive coordinator position. Not Tom Herman, but... Uh, a guy who's more established than Tom even is Bill O'Brien, uh, the longtime uh, head coach of the Texans and then also from Penn State. This is a grand slam, isn't it? Like this seems like a phenomenal – Bill O'Brien is vastly overqualified to be an offensive coordinator in college. This is a – this is – Bama's not going to drop off at all. 
you know, I think it's interesting. It's almost like Alabama becomes the recuperation stop for some of these coaches yeah. where they're there for a year. Well, that's why I thought Herman, then, but I don't think Saban would touch Herman. No, those two are too far removed. So what O'Brien can do is he'll be there for a year, maybe two, and then have his pick of whatever head coaching job he wants in college or the NFL. It's almost like when you used to take a TV job, now you just be the offensive coordinator at Saban. You win a lot. You win a national championship, and then you go wherever you want to. Yeah. No, it, that, that's what I – and that's what sucks for Tom is that would have been a perfect spot for him to, to do that. But anyways, uh, so we got that going on. Then the Tennessee stuff is, is bouncing around. Uh, the Tennessee deal I don't think is going to impact Iowa State in any way, shape, or form. The only thing that I did see that, that I thought was mildly interesting here – uh, was P.J. Flack being mentioned with this job. If you're P.J. Flack, I don't think he's going to go there, by the way. I'm not, I do think it's an interesting conversation to have. If you're P.J. Flack, is, which is a better job for you, the Minnesota job or the Tennessee job? This is an yeah. interesting conversation here. It is, and he's starting to get not a lot of heat there. I mean, he had the great season a year ago, and then this was a real big disappointment for him. And you wonder if he's a he, – he will wear out his welcome somewhere pretty quickly – because he's so all over the place that, you know, maybe he thinks that I've got five years top, six years top of a place, and I got to jump somewhere else. You know, the old, uh, what Lon Kruger used to do, although it's different personalities, but just wanting to see something new. And Flex got a big enough ego that I think he could see himself saying, hey, I could win in the SEC too, kind of like Leach did. So I could see him entertaining this job. The interesting part for me with Tennessee is who they just hired as an athletic director. Uh, they hired the guy from Central Florida um, who claimed a national championship a couple of years ago, their AD. But, Chris, they gave him $1.8 million, which is a ton for an AD. He's going to be one of the highest paid ADs. So you know uh, White's his last name. His, his brother is actually the Florida basketball head coach, is, the AD there. Is he the um, old punter for the Cowboys? No. Is that the same guy? No, I don't I don't think it's the same guy. Oh, okay. Um, Danny but White, the right? long, but I think his name, Danny White? Danny White, yeah. I think um, it'll be sure? interesting. I think he's not a former Dallas Cowboy. I, I I'm not totally sure. That would surprise me, but no, okay. I don't I don't think it's the same he, guy. But so we'll see. What, I think they need to make a flashy hire, and Fleck would certainly be flashy. But Tennessee's just been a disaster for a decade now. He was a he was Danny White. It was a former quarterback slash punter for the Dallas Cowboys. He was drafted. In the uh, 76 NFL draft, the former head coach of the Arizona Rattlers from the AFL. There you go. Two Look at time, that. Two-time Arena Bowl champion was Danny White. But, no, he's he is not the head coach at Tennessee. Or he's not the new offensive coordinator. I can't even think. He's not the new athletic director. These, just, these old programs like Nebraska, Tennessee – uh, they they fascinate me watching them navigate coaching searches because the fan base has such an inflated view of their job, and they they can never. I mean, it's the same reason you got Pruitt because your fan base was so there. There was the whole Greg Schiano thing, but you also arrogant and you thought that like you could do better, where you clearly could not. Like Schiano would have been a home run if you look back at how the Pruitt deal worked out, and like when. It's it's always when these old jobs come up, these old jobs that are like these fans are living in the 90s, they're always like, oh, 
Campbell, Matt Campbell, or, you know, they'll start listing out like the five like sexiest candidates. And it's like, none of those guys value your job anymore, man. Like they, especially in 2021, I, I'm going to write this column someday whenever I have time. But like Iowa State's not a bad football job anymore. It's really not. Yeah. You know, like in the, it doesn't really have anything to do with Iowa State. But the point is, it's like with expectations and stuff, you go down to Tennessee and, you know, like if you're not, if you don't have that program at like eight and four, nine and three in two years, you're going to be in the hot seat. And the, the salary is not that different anymore. Like a school like Iowa State, because of television contracts can pay. Yeah, and I think it's another part here is, you know, Pruitt's under some investigation for some recruiting violations. And I think there's something to that is not only of the pressure to win immediately, but that also causes some other problems and that you want to be a little shady in some other areas of your program, too. Um, you know, when you don't have that immediate pressure to win, you're less likely to dip your toe in the water. Like, look at all these uh, basketball programs that have had issues. A lot of them are good programs that want to be good again. Um, and they have the need to keep going after these, these guys that are shady and that's what gets you in some trouble. So there's absolutely something to that. The college football world is so much different than it was even 10 years ago. Iowa state's a better job than Tennessee right now. And it's not close. Yeah. I, I, I would completely, completely agree with you about that. All right. Uh, blow my, I think that we're good. Let's, let's, uh, let's just do a clean break here. Um, Iowa state women next in action after the men's game. Again, we're avoiding that purposely because we don't want to date this thing. The women play Kansas State on Thursday, and uh, we will – yeah, we'll get after it next week, all right? Oh, all right, pal. Appreciate re- it. Enjoy the snow. Real quick, um, uh, I am Matt Campbell podcast next week. We got it locked yeah. down. Campbell and I are going to get together here on Zoom. He's the, off his sabbatical of vacation? He's is, – is he put it – he's out of – he's broken out of zero dark 30. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's good to have Matt amongst the living, and he's actually on a phone now again. And uh, it's a no, but I I am looking forward to it because I told him I was like, you know, I'm gonna go like straight Barbara Walters on you here because there's so much. It it it, normally Matt and I are I'm with him like an hour hour and a half a week. I have like a year's worth of questions from an entire football season to hammer him with so i was like you better mark off a lot of time here kudos to matt and you you gave me a book last week um as a Mm. as a late christmas gift and i i read that thing in two days and it was fantastic do you like that stillness 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 is the key um you know sometimes it was a little hokey but some really good messages and i can man i just it had campbell vibes written all over that thing when you're reading through that i can see how it's reflecting the Iowa State program. I do encourage people to, to check it out. I think you'll get a good insight into what goes through Matt's head day in and day out. Yeah, he he recommended that one to me. Um, I was a little over – well, it was around when we got fired, really, um, that, that he tipped that one off to me. Yeah, very enjoyable. It actually was perfect with the pandemic rolling around the corner unknowingly at the time, but I, I'd recommend that to, to anybody. He had the team read that one. Uh, I think a year ago or, or two years ago, and I gave it to my staff for for this uh, year's Christmas gift. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you, Bloom. Uh, wrangle those boys. And if you need help with the uh, snow blowing, um, right around the corner. I, and it appears the wife's going to get off early, so I can, I can bebop on over if you need me to. 
Well, I mean, well, I'll get the beers ready. We'll, we'll make it a Sounds make good. It a I'm, thing. I, I mean, right, man. I'll be over there, so no, okay. no problem. All right. See uh, you, buddy. Thanks, man. He is Brent Bloom. Uh, I'm Chris Williams signing off this week. We'll be back next Sunday night here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.